Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We've all been there. You've been working on yourself and acting in a more healthy way with your partner, parent, friend, coworker, but then you slip up even a little and suddenly they're reminding you of that thing you did five years ago that hurt them. Are they always going to throw your past behavior in your face no matter how many changes you've made? Are you feeling frustrated because you're trying so hard in the present to be healthy, but they just won't let go of the past? I'm here to help. Today, you're going to learn why people have a hard time letting go and my top five tips to stop living in the past, in those hurts, and start building healthy relationships now. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back. So glad you're here on the podcast with me. Yes, Dr. Abby Metcalf, your your friend, psychologist, author, host, everything from afar. I hope you've been having a wonderful week. Thank you. Thank you for the questions that you've been writing in. If uh, there's a topic that you'd like to see on a future episode, please write in. Please, you know, don't write in some huge five-page problem you have. I, I, I love you so much, but I don't have time. I, I get really hundreds and hundreds of emails a week. I don't have time to read through all those. That's all I would be doing. And, and I've been charging you a lot more money for this podcast. Um, and it's just not ethical for me to give uh, advice in that way, in such a specific way to you. So please don't write in like that. If you need a therapist, please find a therapist, you know, listen to the episodes, you can search for them, but it, I, I can't ethically answer your individual questions, but you can write in if you can keep it please succinct. And like this one today is from two different people who wrote in, uh, which inspired me to do, you know, and I, 
to do this episode. I've certainly, this problem has come up a lot in over the years as I've worked in, you know, in my personal life too, but, you know, as I've worked with clients, this is something so, so common. Uh, and not just with couples, although that's probably where I see it the most, but, you know, your mom might do it, your coworker, your boss, your, this is for everybody today. Uh, when, you know, you've got anybody in your life who, who just keeps bringing up a past thing, no matter what you do or how hard you try or how you thought you've resolved it, or you've apologized 40 times for it. You feel like I can't apologize anymore. I'm done apologizing. Um, I'm here. I am here to help you today. So let, let's, uh, let's get to it, but keep the questions coming. I love them. And it's always nice to hear from you. I also love when you just send me a love message, just for the record, you could DM me, um, you know, or you could send me the email, abby at abbymetcalf.com. Let's connect page on the website. I, I, I like hearing from you. It's very nice to hear that things are helpful and you're um, making headway. It makes my day. You know, I'm here sort of alone in my office just working. And, you know, yes, I see clients. I, obviously, I see people. But I mean, when I'm doing the podcast, it's just me, you know, focused on you. And it is sort of me just deciding what I think you want to hear or, or, again, what comes up with my clients a lot or my own life a lot and what I think will be most helpful. So it's always nice to have a little direction and a little love to say, thanks for all the hard work. Okay. All right. So yeah, as I said, so we've all been there, right? I, I don't think anyone, anyone listening wouldn't say I've had this situation. You know, you're in an argument with your mom about something you said that hurt, you know, hurt her feelings this morning. And suddenly, you know, you always do this stuff. You know, here's all the hurts that always happen. There's a lot of always language, never language. Yeah. Um, I had someone recently who had had an emotional affair um, about 10 years ago. It, it, like, the, it, um, you know, in the beginning of, uh, it's a woman, the beginning of her, her marriage, um, she had sort of an emotional affair with someone at work and it, you know, wasn't cool. And, and her hubby found out about it. There was a the whole thing. And, but they've been together now 12 years. This happened, I think in the first like year, maybe the second year. And they've been together 12 years and she's done so much work on herself. She's such a devoted spouse, but he keeps bringing it up. He keeps bringing it up. Every time something happens, every time they have a disagreement, he mentions that time she cheated. And First of all, she has a lot of issues, which you might too, with the way people categorize something. Because to her, she gets that it was emotional cheating, but she thinks that's very different than having ever like had a sexual relationship with this person. And I've just tried to remind her it's not necessarily um, because, in some ways, gosh, you know, someone could have sex one time with someone they never see again versus like a daily sharing with somebody and texting all night and. Even, you know, she was talking about her husband with this guy. You know, it wasn't, there was a lot more to it. So I just said to her, you know, no matter what, it feels like cheating to him. And that's all that matters. However, yeah, so she's really, they've done couples. I mean, there's so much work. And yet he can't seem to quite let this piece go. So, you know, again, you might have been there. You, you're, you've you worked on yourself. You're getting better. You start acting differently. But like that second you slip up. <laughs> The second you don't do it right, or you sometimes you don't even slip up. Sometimes you think there was nothing, and next thing you know, you know that your partner, again, parent, friend, whoever, 
is all over you about something and you get frustrated, angry, you might get very impatient. You know, are they, when will they move on already? Am I going to be paying for this for the rest of my life kind of thing? You know, it's really hard. Okay. So let's get to why, you know, I'll give you the tips and all that, but why, why won't they move on? This is usually the first question I get from the people I'm working with when they're dealing with someone else who won't move on. And there's a few, this is really hard. I have to tell you to answer because most of the time, the person doesn't even know why. They'll say, well, because they cheated 10 years ago. It's like, yeah, but that was 10 years ago. Do you really? And I'll even ask, sometimes I have a couple and someone's bringing it up and I'll say to them, do you really think your partner's cheating? Like, really? Do you think they're cheating? They're like, no, no, I really don't. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so this is 10 years ago. You know, this, they, they don't often think the thing is happening even, but they can't seem to let the thing go, right? And when you ask them, so like, I'm thinking of this couple right now. This person had no, um, they couldn't give me a reason, really. They they just kept pointing to the fact that it ever happened. But that's not really why they still can't let it go. We all have lots of stuff that's happened in our past that we can let go of. We even have different kinds of hurts from our partners or from our friends or our parents that don't really bother us, but then other things do. And So sometimes I find when they try to explain it, it either doesn't even make sense. They have some rationale that's totally cray cray. Or again, they can't really um, identify it more than saying that it happened. So, and in my, I will tell you though, that in my, my decades now of experience, I have found a few main themes that should help you understand the why a little better, you know, just to help you kind of wrap your head around, because I find that it helps people have more compassion for the other person. And it's from the compassion and love that we can shift things, right? We can't change. You can't shift your relationship. And again, you might be thinking of your partner a lot here, and I might even say that a lot, but this is anybody. This is, again, a parent, your siblings, friends, coworkers, boss, doesn't matter. You can't shift a relationship, even a work one, from a really angry, uh, resentful place. That's not how things shift. It's not, not for good. You can make things different on top, you know, you can scare someone into following along, but they're still going to have all the feelings and it's going to come out eventually. So the reason, the first reason I see the, the reason I see the most, I should say, is that there's some kind of unresolved trauma. And I've talked about trauma a lot on the, not a lot, but some on the podcast and how, um, I'll link to those in the show notes, those episodes, or you can search trauma on my website and find the episodes I've done or the related blog posts. Um, I've talked about it a bit. And one of the things I always say is that it's not always easy to identify. And so when we talk about uh, childhood abuse or trauma, you know, most people understand things like, oh, incest, sexual abuse, uh, physical violence, you know, those like count as trauma. What people don't often realize is that there's a lot of gray area in trauma and in those terms even. So someone might've been, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with where they'll tell me something about their childhood and I'll say, well, that was abuse. That was emotional abuse or that was neglect. And I've blown their minds. To me, it's so obvious that what, you know, what happened They did not register it as that. They didn't realize that that's what that was. So when you're talking to 
your partner about your childhood and you don't mention that there was any abuse or neglect or anything because you don't register it as that, but it's still coming up. I, I have an episode on how childhood trauma affects adult relationships. Um, it still comes up and it's still affecting you and how you trust and how you operate and these kinds of things that you get stuck on. Uh, it, it absolutely matters. So for you, if, if you know, I'm talking to you right now that there's another person in your life that's stuck on something that they're not letting go. What's, you know, under, just understanding that like, oh, and you know, you might've even already, you know, when your partner mentioned how they were raised, you, part of you might've been like, that doesn't seem good. Or you might watch how your partner interacts with their dad, let's say, and you're like, God, he's kind of mean to her, you know? You, th- guess what? Probably trauma. And what's traumatic to one person often isn't traumatic to another. So that's the other thing that's hard, especially about our families, is that, um, you know, I, again, I talk about this in the other episodes, but birth order, gender, like all kinds of things affect um, whether something that, you know, like let's say a parent, you know, was traumatizing to one person versus another, how they do that. You know, if I look at the, you know, there's more than a decade between me and my oldest sibling. And so how my older siblings uh, dealt with my, like say my mom or my dad and the way they grew up in the house and they were all closer in age than me, you know, there's all these variables. So some things that they think are traumatic, I'm like, that did not bother me at all. And guess what? Other things that I'm very bothered by, they didn't even notice. So, or maybe it changed in the family history as I came along. Maybe some things changed for the better and some for the worse. So that's kind of how it is. So, you know, again, so some people, they really find it easy to move on after a difficult experience, but others can have really lasting negative consequences. Uh, So the person you're dealing with who can't let go of a past hurt with you might be triggered from a past trauma that has nothing to do with you, right? Nothing to do with you. And you're just sitting there like, what? But also what can happen is that something you did do in the past could have created a new trauma for this person. Or it was something that really re-traumatized a very old, old hurt. Cheating is a good example of that. Um, so if you've never been cheated on before and then your partner cheats and you just never thought they could, that could be traumatic. You know, if that's so out of character and something that you just never in a million years thought could happen, that can be traumatic it just in and of itself. So you can have a new trauma at age 40, you know, that you haven't had your whole life and now you're having trouble with this thing. So, you know, you can see how complex, right? There's a lot of layers to this stuff. Um, there's a lot of ways that it could be affecting you, but either way, you know, you're ending up with a person who's triggered and they can't get past their kind of, you know, obsessive thinking about it or their knee jerk reactions. And, you know, that's obviously super hard. And the other thing that often happens on the other, and why I'm kind of harping on the word trauma a little bit here is that what happens on the other side, you know, with trauma is something that you know, psychologists or mental health care professionals, we call it rumination. And rumination is basically like thinking excessively about a specific event or series of events. Obviously, when you're ruminating, it's in a very negative way. And we know from the research that people who ruminate often, uh, that ruminate a lot, often have some trauma history. And they're ruminating because they think they're going to have an aha moment, you know, 
they think they're going to somehow gain some insight into this thing that happened. And that's, I think, what happens a lot. Let's, again, say if someone cheats, the other person might be like, well, I want to know where and when and how often. And all they want to know all the information, which, by the way, is not helpful because it just feeds the rumination because there is no explanation that really makes sense. There, there is no, no real reason that's going to feel good to the person in the end. And so rumination really does the opposite. Instead of having an aha moment and figuring something out, it's activating that amygdala, the limbic system, that fear part of your brain. So it's, sh- it's shutting, it's, 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 so you're all active in that part. And we know when that part of our brain is activated, our, you know, this prefrontal cortex, our more rational brain, our problem solving, our long-term thinking, all that good stuff is shut down. <laughs> so ruminating does the opposite right? We're not objectively looking at things. It actually becomes almost impossible to objectively look at things. So some kind of trauma is often the thing I see of why this is such a big deal and won't go away. Um, and, and really, I split these into two reasons, but probably this is the same reason. There, there's some other reason. Number two is like some other mental health diagnosis, right? The, so trauma, you know, there's obviously a lot of mental health stuff that goes there, but there also might be another mental health issue besides the trauma or triggered by the trauma, but, or just separate from, um, where this, you know, this type of, this kind of negativity, the rumination, it's, it can be really common in a lot of other diagnoses. So, you know, depression, anxiety, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, what we call substance use disorder now, post-traumatic stress disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, there's a bunch. So it could be that your person actually has a mental health disorder that's not being fully treated, or maybe they are going to treatment for it, but this isn't something they might even be reporting to their therapist. So uh, when we get down to our tips later, it could be a way that you brainstorm with them to help them maybe bring that to their therapist without blaming and without dismissing. But you know, that that's something, have you talked to your therapist about this? You know, are you getting the help you need around this, around this issue? Okay. The third reason I see is that you're, you're doing something. You probably don't realize it, but you actually are doing something. So, and I'd say this happens a lot, especially with couples, is that when one person brings up the past a lot in the relationship, it's because their partner is still doing behaviors that remind them of that past hurt. So it's not as bad as that past hurt, right? So that's when you get like accused of cheating, but it's really not, you know, you're not cheating. But it, it, you're doing things unknowingly generally that create an atmosphere of your partner where they don't feel like they can count on you. So maybe you promise that you'll be somewhere a lot and you're always late. Maybe you, um, uh, maybe you dismiss their feelings all the time when they try to tell you something, maybe, you know, just stuff that's happening currently. So it, in what happens is it feels like that old hurt is happening now. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example other than, I, I don't know, like the cheating is <laughs> definitely like a trauma kind of thing that comes up a lot or, um, you know, just those art, you know, you never clean the house. You're never here for me. You'd never listen. I'd never feel heard. That kind of stuff, right? Uh, you know, 
so even if you were that way in the beginning, but you know, you, you haven't strayed in five years or, you know, you're really devoted to your person or whatever that is. Um, I'm trying to, oh, oh, here's a good one. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I know I have an example. That's the beauty of the fact that I still work with clients. So I had, uh, this is actually a few months ago, but I had a client who had, um, yeah, a lot of problems with her partner years earlier. And, um, she, another woman, huh? And, uh, but they were at a party together and she saw an old friend who's a guy and they're straight. And she went up to this or the man came up to her, whatever. And they just started chatting and, and her husband was there. It wasn't like they didn't go in a corner or something. So they were just chatting and catching up. And she thought her hubby got bored because they were talking about, I guess they knew each other from childhood. They were talking about like, you know, their old friends from the street. She'd never even dated this guy. It wasn't like it was a past boyfriend. It was nothing. And anyway, she then goes to try to find him and he, she realizes he's not there anywhere. She's like, what happened? Where'd he go? So she's, you know, going to find him and obviously like, oh, and then she really can't find him. She's like, wow, did he get sick? Did something happen? She goes in the bathroom. She's looking. She finally finds him outside in their car and he is furious and going on and on about how she ignored him and made her feel, made him feel terrible. And he was really jealous, you know, of this guy and you always do that. And she was like, whoa, where is this coming from? Oh my gosh. So this wasn't about, and I only meet with her. I, I, I don't, but I do know that they resolve this because I can, you know, that's, if you haven't gotten my book yet, be happily married, even if your partner won't do a thing. It is because I can, you know, I do this a lot. I work with one person to help the relationship. And uh, so you can too. And, or you can just listen here. You don't have to buy anything if you don't want to, but um, I highly recommend it. And it's an audible. How do you like that? Okay. So this isn't about you talking to this other person at the party. That's what I was saying to her. This isn't about that. This is something it's about something else that's going on. You're, you know, I was telling her, you know, your partner is somehow feeling insecure and unsafe before the party happened, or this wouldn't have upset him at all. There's something ongoing, either that you've been doing or, or not doing, that's somehow been eroding trust. And that's the thing that you should be discussing, not the event. And they did, they did talk about it and they did go there together and really tried and a couple things they uncovered one was that he'd been drinking and when he drinks he doesn't drink often but when he does his personality changes a little and he does he gets a little jealous and weird and insecure he gets sort of paranoid for lack of a better term and so it's one of the things they kind of worked out together was realizing like oh this is probably not a good idea and she and she was really she's like I don't need to drink when we're out together like I can be in solidarity with you and he didn't have a, you know he wasn't alcoholic or anything but the drinking was somehow creating something but the other thing, when we were talking, uh, she, when they were talking, sorry, you know, she, he was, he was able to then articulate as they spoke in with the tips I'm going to give you, he was able to articulate that he's just been feeling far from her. She'd gotten a couple of promotions at work. She was very involved in her work, you know, like it had taken a different turn and she was really, you know, much more of her energy was there than used to be. It used to be much more focused on him. And, uh, but she'd been kind of, you know, going up the corporate ladder, so to speak. And so things had shifted and he was feeling insecure about that. You know, why is this person going to love me anymore when they're so 
fab. He just thinks she's the bee's knees, you know, and now she's the bee's knees with this big time job and all these people around and who am I, you know, it's his low self-esteem at play, but it, you know, really this trigger of her being gone more and, and her not paying attention to the relationship in the same way. So again, not like her fault, not that she should be blamed because it takes two to tango, which I'll talk about, but, but they were able to really identify that. And she felt all this compassion for him. She's like, you're right. I have not been as attentive. You're so right. Like, what can we do to shift that? while I still have balance at work. Like, let's talk about it. So I'm just saying there's often something else going on. The other reason I see a lot, and this is the last reason I'll give, is the, it's you, not me. <laughs> Another reason people don't let go past hurts is because th- they're deflecting. They're, if you're the problem, then I don't need to look at myself. If I'm a victim, I have no responsibility here, and it's all on you to make me happy, to make this relationship better. And sadly. So many people are raised this way and don't even realize it. You might have realized this about yourself along the way. I I probably get that feedback more than anything when people are writing to me and and thanking me, saying I did not realize how much of how much I played the victim all the time in my relationships. I was always deciding that other people were responsible. You know, if, if I wasn't happy, it was because of other people. If they if they acted this x way y way then I would be happy. And that is such bullshit. And if you're telling yourself that, you are lying to yourself, you're making yourself unhappy, you need to stop. So it's, again, but it's really common. The, the victim thing in our culture is so common, it makes me a little crazy, I have to say. Um, so a lot of people blame others for how they feel. So again, like they're a victim in the relationship. And Focusing on others, you know, is a lot easier than focusing on yourself, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, that's just what it is. I, I've just decided this is who I am and this is who you are and that's it, right? So, and I will, let me just say this before I go to tips. Well, I'm going to say one more thing for tips, but focusing on why the other person won't, won't let go of past hurts and won't get, you know, it's just not going to get you far in the big picture. It's my recommendation is to focus on yourself. Just like I don't want them focusing on you. I don't want you focusing on them and why they're, you know, because you have responsibility here too. Them not letting go of past, you're not a victim either. And that's how I see things a lot with people. They'll say, well, I tried this and they keep doing it. Well, that's on you. And I'm going to teach you what to do in a minute. Okay. And I say that, you know, I, I love you. I get it. I struggle with these things too. I am human. Yes. Despite what you might have heard. Um, we all, you know, it, it's these things are a practice. These are th- things we have to do over and over to get better at them. But I'm telling you, if you're looking at them that they're the problem, that's part of the problem because they're doing it with you. And then we end up in something I call relationship gridlock where everybody's thinking, everybody's waiting for the other car to move to get out of the traffic jam. It, somebody's got to move first. Okay. And what do I say a lot? The person in the most pain needs to change first. And you are in the most pain if you're the one listening right now because you're trying to get help. So so my recommendation is to focus on yourself and what you can do to move things forward, right? Okay, so before I get to the tips though, I wanna say what not to do if someone won't let go of past hurts. You know, I've got five tips for you, but I wanna discuss what not to do really briefly because it's easy to dismiss the other person's focus on the past, but if you do, it's gonna keep being an issue. So. When someone brings up the past yet again, don't do any of the following. Don't get defensive. 
don't be <laughs> don't be impatient, uh, resentful, frustrated. Don't dismiss what they're saying. Uh, don't argue the the past facts. I, oh, people really get into the facts, man. Everybody's a lawyer all of a sudden in every relationship. Stop it. Uh, don't tell them that they shouldn't feel that way. Uh, don't tell them that they should trust you. Don't tell them it's their problem. Uh, don't give them all the proof of how wrong they are. <laughs> okay. And I'm also going to say this, don't coddle them or try to prove yourself. Don't come from the, you know, dog with your tail between your legs because you cheated, you know, or, or you whatever, or you, you know, took money or you spent too much or you, I don't know, didn't, you know, screwed up on vacation, whatever, right? Don't, that's not it either. It's not, it's not, it's not either side. Okay. All right. So let's talk about what to do. So these are my top five tips when someone keeps bringing up the past. Okay. So tip number one is sort of an overall thing is that you have to understand it's a we thing. It's not a they thing. It's not a they problem. It's a we thing. So it's not a you thing either. They're trying to blame you. You know, you're trying to blame them, right? No, it's, it's a we. So you're gonna need to be curious and problem solve together when you think about this issue. When you're, you know, if it's your partner, I don't, again, I don't care, coworker, friend, if they keep bringing up a past hurt, they're telling you they don't feel secure in the relationship in some way. They don't feel secure now. So getting angry and fighting and doing all the things I said not to do isn't going to solve anything. And you already know that because that's why you're listening because you've already tried that and it hasn't worked. So again, telling them that they're wrong and you know getting defensive, it's going to make it worse. So understanding it's a we thing it doesn't mean you agree that you're the problem. I guess I'm trying to make that part clear. It means you agree that there is a problem in the relationship, whatever that relationship is, that needs to be addressed. That's the we thing. That's how you're coming at it, okay? I'm hoping that all makes sense. And of course, I have a really wonderful uh, podcast episode called How to Listen Without Getting Defensive or Hurt that you can, if you're not sure how to do that. All right. So tip number two is to validate and then and then ask questions, right? Open-ended questions. And validation doesn't mean you think the other person is right. It also doesn't mean, again, that you kiss their ass and say you're a horrible person and should be punished, okay? It doesn't mean either of those things. It means that you care about this other person or it, maybe it's a coworker, right? So at least you want the relationship to be healthier and more effective, right? or your mother-in-law or somebody. You might not love them, right? But you care enough that this relationship should be different to make your life easier at the very least, okay? So you're going to validate by matching emotions first. Um, I hate that I hurt you. It's so hard to see you still in pain about X, whatever it is. Um, I can feel how angry you are about this. I, I feel your frustration. I feel your sadness feeling that right now. And, and, and pause a beat. <laughs> don't just say, I feel your sad butt. You know, don't do that. Be in it for a minute. Acknowledging and validating means you're staying there for a second. Don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. The reason you run over this stuff is because you're afraid. You, you, people are afraid of emotions. That is probably the most common fear people have is their damn emotions. They're afraid the other person, 
that they're going to get in trouble or that they're hurting them. They're afraid of themselves. I don't want to be in trouble. I don't want to be someone who's hurting someone else. I, all the things. Just be in that moment for a friggin' second and identify with the feeling. I'm, I'm sad we're here too. I'm really sad. I'm sad about this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Get past the anger and the defensiveness, okay? After you validate, and only after, it's time to ask questions from a curious and loving place. You know how much I talk about this. You know how much I talk about questions. If you're not sure how to do that, again, learn you know how to listen without getting defensive and hurt, or uh, put in the search bar on my website, questions or listening. Oh my God, I have so much on this. I have a complete guide to effective communication on the website. Uh, again, just search for it. It's all free. Just go listen, go or read. Um, the Complete Guide to Effective Communication is actually three different episodes of the podcast because it was so big, but I made the guide like all one big thing that you can go look up. So how do you, I know, I love you. Look at that. I make things so easy. The reason I make them so easy because I want you to access the information. I want you to get better. I really do. I want, I want this world peace. I want world domination and peace. That's what I want. That's what I'm going for. So if everybody jumps on board, we're going to have a better place to live. You're going to be happier. I'm happier. The world is happier. It's a much better place to be in, especially these days. So your goal, you know, when I'm talking about questions is to understand and find a way to move things forward. Okay. That's what you're trying to do. I, uh, I can't, I can't change the past. Sadly, I wish I could. I can't. So please tell me, is there one thing I could say right now that would help us move forward? Is there one thing I could do right now that would help us move forward? These are collaborative questions from curiosity and love. Um, it's hard when you bring up the past that I can't change. Is there something you think I didn't say that I should have about this, whatever the thing was, so we can resolve this? What is there something you wanted to hear from me that you didn't hear? Because again, what I hear a lot is, you know, they apologize, but somehow not enough, you know, and or whatever, or, you, you know, you're like, I apologize enough for this. You know, you got to get out of that head. You have to just get in there to understand. Or if you're just apologizing over and over, clearly that wasn't enough. And you might say that, you know, you're asking for an apology again. I'm happy to give you one. I feel, it's, I feel really bad about what I did or what happened or the past or whatever. It sucks. And 
I've apologized quite a few times and that hasn't gotten us there. So let's, you know, can we think of something else that is missing? Something else that you feel like I haven't done or that I'm doing now? Again, it's probably about now that has this upsetting you still. Like, let's talk about that. Let me, I, again, I can't change the past, but right now, um, you could say, what else can you say? Uh, I'm trying to say this well. Okay. You know, Reminding me about X, whatever the X was, is something that happens, you know, with some regularity when we fight. Don't say always. (laughs) Tell me more about why you think you keep bringing that up. What what is it that you're looking for? How can we solve this together? I want to get to the bottom. I don't want us to keep talking about this. And, And I want us both to walk away feeling connected about this. I want connection around this thing that keeps disconnecting us, what, what do we have to talk about right now to make that happen? Like, how can we move the needle? How can we do something different than we've done before? Because we've tried a lot of things and we're still here. So I don't want to be here anymore. So I don't want to do anything we've done. What new thing can we do? Do you see where we're going here? Problem solving, new, now, forward. Yeah. All right. Tip number three is to Keep things as mindfully present as you can. No, we can't have an episode where I don't talk about mindfulness. So breathe, breathe. Okay, Abby, I trust you. Okay, I understand. Uh, <laughs> you you got to encourage mindfulness in your relationship. So be, especially with this kind of stuff, because it will help you and the other person stay in the present, not the past. Again, you can only resolve things in the present. You cannot fix the past. And that's what you have to stick to. You can't resolve it. You, there's, no, there's no magical thing you can say or do to resolve what has happened. You can only work on things in the present. So it's crucial. You've got to figure out how to be in the here and now in this relationship, which is mindfulness, more often. That's the, right. That's what I'm talking about. In that moment, if you can be mindful and be like, wow, we've had this conversation many times. I really. I want us to move the needle. I love you so much. And it's so hard to see you in pain like this. What can we do new now? How can we move this forward now? See what I'm talking about? Now, now, now. Not, not past, past, past. And I'll tell you this. Here's another little added benefit. The research also shows that mindfulness helps people who struggle with rumination. We, we assign this for people who ruminate a lot. So having a more mindful relationship, it's going to help on every level. It's going to help that rumination of the other person. It's going to help the two of you stay in the present where you can fix things because you can't solve the past. It's got right? All the things. Why do you think I, you know, again, if you think I'm remotely smart, you know, and have anything good to offer here, and I talk about mindfulness all the time, and you're not doing it like it's your friggin' job and you're getting paid, then you're really missing something. And what I find is that when people write in questions or they're talking to me, I've been listening for two years or I've been doing this for two years, a lot of them, you're not practicing the thing. Some of you are. Some of you write in like, I've been doing mindfulness every day. Thank you, Abby. I've been meditating. Please meditate. Uh, You know, I love it. And then they have a question and I can tell the question has a different quality to it every single time. When people are not doing those things and want quick fixes overnight, I'm going to listen to this one episode and everything's going to be better. Of course not. That is not how anything, and anyone who promises you that is full of shit. So that's not how it works. Great, what do I say all the time? Great relationships aren't built in a day. Great relationships are built daily. 
So daily mindfulness, daily checking yourself before you wreck yourself, as I said last week, you know, daily stuff, that's what you're doing. So, <laughs> okay, sorry, I get on the soapbox, you know, I get, you know, I want you better. Tip number four is to make and hold your boundaries. And this is really probably the only tip I need to give you. This is the issue, really, really, really. Setting boundaries and holding them, that it's not a boundary if you don't hold it. Okay, it's a standard if you don't hold it. It's something you'd like if you don't hold it. It's up to you to hold it. So setting boundaries and holding them is the key to true emotional closeness. It's the key to intimacy. When you don't set or keep a boundary, you end up with all those fear-based emotions, right? You end up resentful and helpless and hopeless and full of rage and frustration. You're exhausted, you're drained, not loving. <laughs> and again, even if this is a relationship where love isn't on the table, you know, like, uh, with a coworker or something, I use that term love to mean kindness, compassion, all those things. And you should have those in all your relationships. So just be clear when I say love, what I'm really talking about, but you can't build a healthy relationship on any of those feelings. You just can't. Okay. It's not going to be long-term. It's not going to do things you want. So the boundaries, you need to draw some boundaries when people keep bringing up the past. Hey, I'm not okay with always or never language. You need to stop them in their tracks. You're saying always and you're saying never. Again, don't stop them in a mean way. Don't be angry. Do your best to, again, be mindful. <sighs> Listen without getting defensive and hurt. Listen like you're wrong. Take a breath. But you still say the always and never language. It's not true. And when you use it, I stop listening. And I want to listen, but you need to say things differently. If you want to have a good conversation here, a healthy conversation where I'm an active participant, if you just want to yell at me right now, I'm not really here for that. And I'm going to, I'm going to hang up the phone. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to whatever. But if you'd like to have a conversation, I'm totally down. Okay. And then sometimes they'll say, yes. Oh yeah. I want a conversation. Okay. And then as soon as you start to have it, they amp up again. And this is what I'll hear from you. You're like, I tried Abby. And then they did it again. Guess what? Yeah, they did. And now you have to walk away and do what you said you were going to do. Don't keep threatening. Don't, it's not, it shouldn't be a threat, period. It's not a threat or I'm going to walk away or I'm going to do this thing. It's not a threat. That's not loving to threaten the people around us. What I want you to do is hold the fucking boundary. And when they come back at you, say, hey, this is clearly not a good time. And walk away, just be done. Say, we'll come back to it. We'll have to come back to this. Let me know. And then you have to do the thing. You can't, you're not a victim. And when you tell me, and I hear you all the time, well, I tried, Abby, and they didn't do it. Guess what? I'm sorry, I'm using a shitty voice. I don't mean to do that. You're acting like a victim and I'm not having it. I'm just not having it. You're a freaking adult in your relationships. Act like one. It is not their job to hold your boundary. It is your job. If you're not holding your boundaries, why are you expecting them to? I yell about this all the time. I know I'm on my little soapbox, but oh, it pisses me off. It makes me crazy. And it makes me crazy because I know you can have a better life. I know you can change these patterns and I get why you're in them. I was in them for years myself. I get it. I get it. And we have to pay attention. We have to be mindful and we have to change them. And that's our responsibility, not the other person. So you can say, um, you know, I've, hey, I've told you in the past, I've told you that bringing up the past, it really gets us nowhere. I won't be in another conversation about the past. I'm here now. I'm happy to talk about what we're doing or not now. 
now. What can we do now? I cannot change the past. I'm not Superman. I can't spin the earth backwards on its axis. I can't change the space-time continuum. Like, I can't do this. So I can't keep having a conversation about it. So, but I do love you, or I do want to work well with you, or I do whatever. And I'm totally, totally 100% committed to that. So, and if, if that worked, you telling me about the past and how much I hurt you, if it worked, I would be here for it. I would. Like, let's do it. But it doesn't because we've had this conversation 50 friggin' times. Well, don't say 50 because it's not 50. Be real. Many times we've had. So it's not working. I don't want to keep doing things that aren't working. But say that more loving than I just did. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you can also say, hey, I'm not responsible for your current happiness or your security in this relationship because you're not. But I am happy to talk about reasonable requests that come from love, not fear, not anger, not jealousy. I'm happy to talk about them. I did a whole, I've done two episodes on what to do if you're jealous, what to do if your partner's jealous, go look it up. I'll link to them in the show notes, but you know, jealousy is a whole other thing, but there, you don't, when someone's jealous, you don't say, yes, here's all the codes to my phone to fix it. Cause it doesn't fix it. They're just going to keep being jealous. They're, it's not about that. <laughs> it's about something else. And you need to go after this. You keep, People keep treating the symptoms instead of the cancer. And then you wonder why the cancer keeps coming back. But you keep, oh, I have a temperature. I better take some uh, Tylenol. And you're never going to an oncologist. You're never dealing with the cancer you have. You're never dealing with the real issue. And then you're like, oh, I can't believe this keeps coming up. Hello. Hello. I love you. Please come along. Okay. Um, you can say, um, when we speak about these things, I want to hear about your responsibility also. No problem we're having is ever all about just me or one person. It's always both of us. So if you can also come from the work you're doing as you're talking to me about what you'd like us to do, I would really appreciate that. You know, a boundary means that if, again, if you say any of these things I just said and the other person continues anyway, the boundary is the response you have. Uh, saying the other stuff isn't really the boundary. It's just the hope you have, right? It's the standard you're trying to set. It's up to you again to hold the boundary, not the other person. So again, hanging up the phone now. I'm walking away from this conversation. Um, I'll only discuss this with you in therapy or with our supervisor. Uh, I will not text about anything other than logistics. We need to have a conversation in person. If you are texting, by the way, anything that needs emojis to make your point, you're, I don't want you doing it. Other than a happy things, I don't want you doing it. You say it. I will no longer be responding to your text unless it's time to set up a time, unless it's, you know, to set up a time to speak. Then I'll respond to your text. But any other text, I'm not going to be responding to. And just so you know, I'm not going to read them. Even if it looks like they're unread, I'm not going to actually read them. So you can blow up my phone if you want. You can also block people, you know, obviously not your partner maybe, but uh, I've had clients block their, you know, sisters or moms or friends or whatever. Say, I'm going to block you because it's a privilege to talk to me. And if you can't do that and without talking about the past, I'm, I'm not having it. I'm just not. Like, happy to have effective communication with you. This is not effective in any way. This is you vomiting all over me. And I don't let people vomit all over me because that's a boundary. It's a healthy boundary. Healthy boundaries are loving. So again, try not to be so upset that the person is, is coming over the boundary. You know, try to remember, right, that, you know, this person has issues too. 
boundaries are loving and they're kind. You want to focus on feeling loving, kind, and respectful when you speak about or hold your boundaries. So I want to say that. And tip number five, which goes perfectly with this, is to focus on empathy, not sympathy. I've talked about this before. You know, when we feel sympathy for someone, we get into doing mode. So for example, um, uh, your friend, oh, I just had this a lot. A lot of people got laid off uh, here in California recently. So let's say your friend gets laid off or fired from their job. You, you feel sympathy for them, right? You feel bad. That sucks. You get into, and you get into action mode and think about what you can do to make things better or easier for your friend, right? That's what we do. We feel sympathy. You, you know, you might call really often. You might check in with a little text every day. You might say, hey, let's brainstorm some new jobs or, hey, I looked, I found this new site that has great job opportunities. You might say, hey, let's sit down. I'll help you update your resume. Do you see all that? There's a lot of doing for doing, right? You, you, you feel sympathy, so you're doing. And it's a lovely response, of course. It's very lovely to be that way. However, when you've set a boundary, sympathy is not, I'm going to say this again, when you've set a boundary, sympathy is not a healthy response. Instead, you want to focus now on empathy. This means you have compassion. You have patience for the other person's experience, but here's the big but, you don't take it on. It ain't yours. Okay? I know. Am I yelling? Yes, I am. So, and here's the secret way to do this. Here's how you do it. How do you do it? How do I do it, Abby? How do I get from empathy and not have sympathy, right? Not be like, oh my God, I want to make you feel better. What can we do? I'm so sorry you feel this way. No, stop it. That does not help. Again, if it helped, I would tell you to do it. But it hasn't. You have kissed their ass or you've done all the things or you apologized 40 times, you, you know, whatever, right? You've taken an anger management course. You've done the things and they're still bringing it up. So guess what? It's not about doing. It's not about the sympathy. It's, so instead of thinking, what can I do to make this better? When, we're at, when sympathy is happening, that's what we're doing. We're thinking, oh, what can I do to make this better or easier? I want you to shift your thought to what can I think to make this better. Oh, let that sit. Yeah, I saved the best for last. That's right, baby. That's right. That's right. This should blow your mind a little, unless you're already doing it. What can I think right now to make this better? And then you need to take a breath and spend a minute, a second, 18 seconds, shifting what your thoughts are about, right? You know, you have to shift those thoughts about what's happening and come from that compassionate, empathetic place, right? So I often have little mantras in my head for this stuff because sometimes in the moment I can't remember, right? You might, you know, I can't remember all the good things Abby said to do. I don't know. So if you have a little mantra ready, it can stop that fear-based reaction. So it should be something easy and simple and short. You know, it has to be something you believe and can remember easily, right? So, um, Maybe it's just to remind yourself, okay, setting boundaries is loving and kind, right? Uh, but one of my favorites probably is that, you know, people are doing the best with the tools they have. I, I try to remember that all the time. This person is doing the best with the tools they have. Right now, they're doing the best. I have compassion for both of us in this moment. That's another one I go back to a lot. Um, I have compassion for both of us in this moment. This is hard for both of us. This isn't just hard for me. This is hard for them too. Um, I love this person. 
So I'm setting a boundary or I love, I love this person. I'm going to remember that I love this person. I'm setting a boundary. I feel for them and I need to move us forward for the sake of our relationship and the sake of myself. I need to move this forward in some way. Feelings aren't facts is another little mantra I try to remember. You know, feelings aren't facts. Just because I feel it doesn't mean it's a fact. <laughs> um, I can turn this resentment into compassion. This resentment's not helping me, but compassion would. Another favorite, what's the story I'm telling myself right now about the other person? What is, what is my story right now? What can I do to change that story? How can I change the story I'm telling myself? That's another favorite of mantra of mine. I'm not responsible for anyone else's feelings. You're not. It's only my responsibility to be as kind and loving as possible, to be patient, to come from a compassionate place. It's not my responsibility to make anyone else comfortable. It's my responsibility to, again, to be kind to myself, to be kind to others as best as I can be. Do you see all these? I'm trying to give you lots of examples, lots of things you can grab, but that's where you want to be in the empathy. That's again, how you validate the tip number one and having, you know, really matching emotion. That's the validation. That's the empathy. That's the key. I did a whole episode on empathy. So again, search for the site. I'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, really important that you get your empathy game up and running because it's huge. Okay. All right. That is it for today. Those are all the reasons I think why. Obviously, there's other reasons too. All of my top tips. As always, it's so, oh, I love being here with you. I really enjoy our time together so, so much. I hope you can tell. I feel it a thousand percent every time I'm doing this. I feel I'm very grateful for our relationship. I'm so appreciative that I have this opportunity to speak to so many people around the world. It's it's a responsibility that I take very seriously every every time I write up what an episode is going to be. I think, would I pay money for this? Would I pay money to hear this? And that's what I put out for you. I, as you know, I, I never, I always give you the how, not just the what. I, I'm all about that. If you can afford, can't afford therapy, if you can't afford resources, I have things to buy. I am not ashamed of that at all. I think it's not a problem at all. And so you can buy things if you want things in one place. I, you know, come to the shop page on the website. I love what I have to offer. I think it's super valuable and great. And I always make sure that the podcast is also a free offering that you can have to gain the information, the evidence-based you know, information you need. My years and years of experience, almost 40 now, working with people couples, work situations, all of it, all these years, you know, all pulled together to, again, create some world domination for peace. So that's what we're going for. All right. I love you so much. Have an amazing week. Practice your tools and I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? 
And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.